The Adam Crowley Show. What happened to Cooch? I don't know how many times I'm allowed to say Cooch before I get in trouble, so you're fine. I'm good? That's yeah, K-U-C-H. Yeah, nothing wrong with Cooch. No! Adam Crowley. Cooch be good. I love Cooch, in fact. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Do I get my 15 seconds back? Do I want to burn it right now? I don't know if I want to. You have two different 15-second bursts left. I know, but I can only use one right now, right? Unless Correct. I started to do it, then you hit me with it. If you keep talking about the clock, well, it's about not to start pens. The clock, yeah. Don't start, start the clock. And let's get into some pens talk. Kyle Brandt said, there's only one question to ask the Patriots this year. Whether or not they win the Super Bowl. Because they're a different breed. Hey, Kyle, isn't that the same question we ask him every year? Whether or not they can win the damn Super Bowl? Have a gosh damn take at some point in your life, cock. <laughs> can I use the other 15 on Kyle right now? No. Well, I mean, it is his 15 seconds. I can use if you'd like to I keep going. To. I would highly suggest that you save it. You don't want to blow your whole load here. <laughs> now you sound like my wife. Matt Murray said after the loss to the Capitals on Sunday that, to a man, the Penguins played well enough to win that game. I understand where he's coming from. The Penguins did play an excellent second period. They played a really good first period up until the last two minutes. The fourth line was rolling. Power play looked great. They had a bunch of chances. Washington got outshot 18-5 to through two periods. And through 40, there was no doubt about which team played better. But the last 20, though, that's where I take umbrage to what you just said, Matt Murray. I'm pretty sure you could say the Capitals outplayed Pittsburgh. Chris Letang allowed Kuznetsov to walk in alone on goal from a stationary breakout. How does that happen? I don't know. The game winner was terrible in no less than three ways. It looked like the Penguins might get the go-ahead goal. They didn't. Then Murray allowed Ovechkin to pull him off his angle, and there was a yawning cage, and Latang then lost his man. That's to a man, Matt Murray, not playing well enough to win the game. You have to not just look like you played better on the stat sheet. You also have to do enough in the critical moments to walk away with the victory. And sometimes it's a bounce. Other times it's making a play. The Penguins didn't get either in game number four. My throat stopped working. I told you, my tongue was feeling sick. The great news is, though, and this is shocking news, breaking news, I think, to Pittsburgh fans. The series isn't over yet! If they can have a lead on Washington through two periods in three games, and they could do again for two more. These teams are so evenly matched that nothing would surprise me. If the Penguins won tonight and lost on Wednesday, I wouldn't be shocked. If they won both, I wouldn't be shocked. If they lost tonight, I wouldn't be stunned. Play the damn game. Let's see where it goes. The series isn't over. You have to lose four games in order to get eliminated. But according to some, the Penguins already lost. There's no shortage of people who think this series is done. Local columnists, radio blokes, they're already looking forward to the offseason. I did that briefly today. Yeah, just briefly. I got sucked in a little bit. That's what happened when I have Rossi on the show. But autopsies, I can't say that word. It's like the fourth time I've butchered it. Autopsies, automatopia. 
Autopsies are not done until you're dead. Nobody's going to embalm my ass until my heart stops beating. Them's the rules. These penguins still have a pulse. I learned my lesson from Mike DeCourcy. Great dude. Solid columnist for TSN. Covers college basketball there, but writes columns about sports in general. He wrote after the Penguins fell behind three games to two in the conference final to Tampa Bay in 2016 that Sidney Crosby was not a good leader. That piece aged well. Uh, about as well as Randy Bauman in the DV Morning Show. Just kidding. Love you guys. But have you seen Joe since he got hired there? I mean, Joe looks like death right now. Uh, he's not getting any sleep. Well, don't give me a break there. No, it's That's hard. nonsense. That That's an not, analogy. No. That's an analogy from Joe hockey. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. He went a little too far for an analogy. Son of a it. bitch. Yeah, you better finish it. All right. None That's left. All your time. None left this hour to talk anything other than you got to talk nothing but pens now. The take aged poorly, and apparently that's all I'm allowed to say. I'm not allowed to make an analogy about how the take went. That is Bush League there, Tom. That's a terrible job by you. I gotta come to Tom's defense here because you started with a little joke about the morning show and then you started talking about Joe after that. Had you just gone with the joke and then continued, I think it would have been good without the clock. But since you continued, Tom was right to lay it out and let it go. Val still looks good and so does Crawford and Val. Get back to hockey! Gotta get back to hockey. Really, it's just Joe that looks terrible. Pens caps tonight, everybody. Pens caps. We agreed to this. Got a damn big game tonight, and you want to talk about Joe. Get to it, Crowley. I mean, that tweet aged poorly. That column aged poorly by Mike DeCourcy. Because the Penguins won. Crosby netted two points in that game, was the best player on the ice in Game 7, and then they won the Stanley Cup, and Sidney Crosby won the Cots Mike Trophy. Well, remember this as well, Pittsburgh. Every series that goes 7... Has one team trailing 3-2 to two in Game 6. Remember that before you go jumping off the Clemente Bridge. Clemente Bridge looks really nice at this time of the year. A lot of flowers, I think, they've planted up and down the the walkway. If you're going to jump off a bridge, Clemente Bridge, not not the worst one to jump off. What happened? No, you can't suggest that. You cannot, Oh, my God, this is going off the rails. You can't suggest that. Two years ago after the Game 5 loss against Tampa, beautiful Tampa Bay, at the same time DeCourcy wrote his Crosby piece, I was driving into the station to record a Penguins report, and I remember thinking, oh, my God, they're not going to win another one in the Crosby era. And I got sad. I'm not going to lie to you. A tear was trickling slowly down my face. And then it hit me. Why don't I wait and see what these next two games hold? Maybe they will win the next two. Maybe they will win the Stanley Cup. You have to lose four. So should I go over the top and rip Rutherford's roster right now? Should I shoot Chris Tang into the sun? Thank God we've got the sun. Gives us our warmth. Allows us to survive on this third rock. How about Kessel, Broussard, and Murray? Should I excoriate all them? No. Because there's no need to do that right now. Because each of those players could step up and do what's necessary to help win this series. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? The Penguins are down, but they ain't out right now. I won't crush them until they are, and really, I might not crush them even then. They've been cup champs for 694 straight days. TJ Oshie was asked what it would mean to eliminate the Penguins and move on to the conference final, and he said, quote, 
I don't know if I could tell you exactly what it would mean. None of us have ever been there, end quote. Interesting that he didn't say that they're in the conference final. Because they're not! He did say they've never been there before, and that's true. The Penguins, though, have. In each of the last two years, after beating Washington. Really, by beating them improbably. Penn squandered a 3-0 lead and won in overtime two years ago in Game 6. Last year, the Penguins were getting spanked and won in Game 7, despite having been the worst of the two teams in Games 5 and 6. The Penguins can do this! And it probably would not be any less improbable. Jesse Marshall of The Athletic is going to join us in 11 minutes to discuss. Penguins are also pretty damn good in elimination games under Mike Sullivan. Sullivan's a good-looking guy. Nice Boston accent. Keeps the team focused. You know, I like Boston. Fenway Park, if you've never been there. Sorry. The Penguins are 9-1 and all-time under that beautiful Boston man in playoff series if they lose this series. But they're 9-0 right now, so I've got some faith. They're also 9-1 and all-time against the Capitals when they've had a chance to eliminate Pittsburgh, including 4-0 here in Pittsburgh Ice. I don't think that has a bearing on tonight's game, but I mention it because it might make you want to second-guess writing them off. Consider this, though, because I do think it matters. Pens are 4-0 under Sullivan in elimination games. Pens were down, as I've referenced frequently, 3-2 against Tampa. They came back to win the next two. Last year, they had to face a Game 7 against Ottawa. They won. Last year, they had to face a Game 7 against Washington. I did not think they had a chance in hell of winning that game, but they did. And then they won the Stanley Cup. Brian Rust has 11 points in 17 career playoff games. He scored two big ones in that Tampa series in 2016. These Penguins have been here before. Mike Sullivan does not have hubris. He will make adjustments. That's why they watched video today. He'll tune his boys up, and they'll play differently in the elimination game than they have at other times during the series. They will change it up. They will change their strategy. They will change the X's and O's. Crosby's going to fly tonight. He's going to fly. Whether that means he's going to put the puck in the net, I don't know. But remember the way he played in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final against San Jose? He hadn't been to the Cup Final In seven years. And when he took the ice, he went berserk. When's the last time the Penguins have been down like this? 2016. Against Tampa. And he looked out of his mind. Malkin's going to put his best foot forward tonight. If the Capitals want to close this thing out, they'll need to bring their best. I don't think anything short of that's going to win this game for Washington. And I have faith that they'll get it done at home tonight. Their desperation level will give them the edge that they need. I think they found their game the last two, but bad luck and Holpe made sure that both weren't going to go the way of the Penguins. Tonight, I expect the Penguins to continue their trend of good play, and they'll clean a few things up, and they should be back to Washington for another elimination game. Another one where I wouldn't count the Penguins out. What say you? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. How confident are you in the Penguins' chances tonight? Oh, man. We're getting so close. We're getting so close. I don't even want to watch it. Tom, you watch it for me and then report back tomorrow. Just tell me whether they won or not. Well, damn. Yeah, right. That is, that's You will not be able to resist. My poor dog tonight, man. I'm telling you, I'll be watching the game. 
and I'll get fired up one way or the other. I'll clap. I'll jump. I'll scream. And she's going to think I'm jumping and clapping and screaming at her. Poor little girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's going to need some kind of like post-traumatic stress thingy. She is. have to have treats ready for her. Going to have to rub her down. Yeah, my dog just goes in the other room and hides under the bathroom sink. Enough dog talk. That was my bad. Sorry. Penguins are hoping Holpe plays like a dog tonight. Ooh, nice. Coming up next, Jesse Marshall. X's and O's. Does he think the Penguins will win? He'll tell you. It's Crowley Show. You don't want to blow your whole load here. Now you sound like my wife. My wife. Sean Gentilly writes columns for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He wrote that his allergies are acting up. I hear you, man. Uh, My tongue feels sick. I don't know what that means, but it feels sick. I'm going to go home and gargle mouthwash. (laughs) Perhaps I'll do it during this segment with Jesse Marshall. You're about to get a clock and get buzzed, but I have a feeling something's afoot here. What do you mean? You think I'm planting a seed early in the week so that I can fake off later in the week? I don't know. we got to get to Jesse. We're doing nothing but pens today, so I don't want to go any further. You know, you guys have harassed me so much. Just get to Jesse, man. That I don't think I'm going to come in later in the week. Mental health day. Jesse Marshall of the Athletic joins us now here on the Crowley Show. Jesse, my bubble How are you today? Doing well, Adam. Jesse, I've got a good feeling about tonight's game. Should I have a good feeling about tonight's game? Um, I don't see why not. I, I think that you know there, there haven't been a lot of times that Mike Sullivan's lost back-to-back um, uh, games in the playoffs in a series. Obviously, he did, but um, you know it's the first time that it ever happened. Um, so I, I, I think that the Penguins grossly outplayed the Capitals for long stretches of uh, Saturday night's game and didn't uh, walk away with a positive result just because of some tiny little 10 to 15 second circumstances where they had complete and utter meltdowns. And if they could cut those out, uh, the, the outcome of that game is probably a little bit different. So, I mean, as far as your optimism is concerned, I think it's entirely justified. You mentioned on Twitter, uh, Jesse Marshall did, that Mike Sullivan had his players looking at video. And usually that's a good sign. Uh, I would imagine one of the things that they were looking at on video was the complete and utter failures of Chris Letang at times uh, in Saturday's game. I've been a big Chris Letang fan. He's a good person. He's been a very good player for this club. But what needs to be done with him? Um, Got to rein it in. Got to rein it in completely. Um, and, and what's concerning to me, I guess, Adam, is if you listen to what no, Latang had to say after that after that game was over. Um, you know, he and Brian Dumoulin both said that it was just a miscommunication between the two of us, and um, you know, we, we weren't reading each other correctly. Uh, I, I would get, you know, that's something you can accept in Game Ten uh, of the regular season. It's not something I know that's all that acceptable in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So for me, it's a mental thing, uh, and I, I I don't know if the decision making process just isn't coming naturally anymore, and and now there's. You know the, these these decisions that just feel forced and out of place with I think what you've seen from him, uh, you know, over the course of his career. I, I don't think it's a physical limitation. Uh, I just don't think that since his return he's really settled back in and 
found the pace and, and the quick decision-making that he had uh, in his time pre-surgery. Uh, and, and maybe this is an injury that takes a lot longer to recover from and we're all being really selfish. I think that's also a possibility. Uh, but, uh, you know, you look back at that game and, and that's, an op- that's a big opportunity missed. Uh, and there's some big hiccups to have this late in the season. And I think that's, what, that's where my concern is. You mentioned on Twitter perhaps moving Justin Schultz to that top pairing with Brian Dumoulin. Would you still consider that? Nah, I thought about it. I think that, uh, I think that despite the fact that your top pairing is, is having these hiccups that you know are seemingly coming out of nowhere, and uh, well, not coming out of nowhere, but are still persistent this late in the season, probably not a good idea to shake it up even more. Uh, I, I think <laughs> that's any a, sense in normalcy, that's a really probably, good point. Yeah, probably any sense of normalcy you can get now is going to be a good thing. So, And I, I don't think we've ever seen Mike Sullivan make a panic move. You know, and, I, and I, you know, he mentioned today that when you play a team five times in a row, there's not a whole lot you're going to take away from a video session that talks about systems, right? And, and his focus today wasn't on systems, it was on circumstances. And I think that to take it back to day one and to just point some of that stuff out, and I don't think he's doing it in a way that's, you know, Bobby Knight in nature. I think it's – or John Tortorella for a hockey comparison. I think it's just, you know, stern dad talk. Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that if you look at historically look at him, the times at the Penguins, and specifically as Mike Sullivan has come out and told the media, we watched video today. And then you look at their performance the very next game. Uh, generally, it's a blowout that goes in their favor. I mean, they just, you go back to Philadelphia last series, middle of that series when the wheels are falling off defensively, the Penguins come back out and just put a ton of goals on the board post one of these mysterious video sessions. So for me, that's nothing but a good omen for tonight. Jesse Marshall of The Athletic joining me here on the Crowley Show. How about the lines from the last game? We finally saw some life from Broussard in terms of the production because I think at times he hasn't looked as bad as people are making it out to be. Uh, we saw Connor Sherry play well. Uh, I liked what we saw from the Penguins for the first time, maybe all playoffs, rolling four lines. Yeah, and I think they finally found something now that uh, Carl Hagelin and Evgeny Malkin are back in the lineup. Uh, just a little bit of settling in, I think, there um, that, that finally took place. And, and let's, let's be honest, I think the thing with Derek Broussard, Adam, is he's not, he's not finishing. And you can make the same argument about Connor Sherry um, well, prior to that game. I, I think that at the end of the day, that's where the fans' frustration comes from. You know, uh, big game brass being the nickname, you know, that people don't want that to be just a guy who racks up a bunch of scoring chances, right, and doesn't convert on them. So the goal's got to come, and, and given the situation, uh, that they're in now, uh, that, that, that scoring would be a great time for it to strike would be tonight. It absolutely would. Uh, I think I read somewhere, Jesse, that the that Sidney Crosby uh, had 75% of the scoring chances go against him when he was on the ice. Is that correct? Um, I, I believe that would have been what they refer to as high danger scoring chances. Okay. I, don't, I don't believe, I don't believe that was all situ- like that was specific to all scoring chances. Um, I have to double-check that, but I don't believe that was the case. No, but to that being said, though, that line, I think specifically, got a lot of zone time, and they didn't do a whole lot with it. Um, for me, what I think was frustrating about it was that just, they didn't generate enough shots, and you generally would like to see Sidney Crosby um, you know, not just dominate from a time of possession status, but just get a little bit more at the net. Um, I think that, that his line had seven attempted shots uh, in the entire game, um, and that was uh, uh, that only five of those hit the net. So that that was 
you know, they, they, it's not as if they weren't spending time in the offensive zone. I mean, it was just that they weren't producing anything out of it, and, and it was way too one and done as far as their chances were concerned. Um, so I, I think, if anything, they, they've got to find a way to elongate those shifts and make those possessions uh, a little bit more fruitful in terms of what they generate uh, in terms of the traffic and shots at the net. Would you consider putting Hornquist up there or maybe even Brian Rust? Yeah, I would do that. Um, Dominic Simone, for me, Adam, I, I think that he's a good guy that in terms of, of somebody that can get into the boards at a high rate of speed uh, and try to, try to break up plays, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, I think every decision he's making is he's making rushed. I just don't, I don't sense a lot of patience out of him. Uh, I think when you're playing with guys like Evgeny Malkin or, or Sidney Crosby or even Phil Kessel, for that matter, you know, going back to earlier this series, you have to be able to pick your head up, take a deep breath, and, and say, what's the best thing to do with this puck, right? Uh, I'm in a prime scoring area here. Uh, you know, do you want to just take a whack at it and get it on net, or do you want to try to pick a corner? Do you want to try to make a cross-ice pass? Those are the things you don't see from him. And while he can separate man from puck and he's an energy guy and he's good at creating space, I think there's one element missing there that, that's not allowing him to click with some of these high-caliber players. Which is just, you've got to calm that game down and think one step ahead. Uh, if you're making those head-down rush, you know, kind of hope-panic decisions, you're, you're kind of ruining the momentum that those lines tend to build. How did you think Malkin played in Saturday's game? Um, I think every game he's looked better, right? Yeah. I think when he came, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, Adam, say he was tentative in his first game back. You know, maybe maybe it was just that I think everybody felt tentative for him, given the nature of his injury, you know, being, you know, something lower body that was obviously, you know, giving him some tenderness and inability to skate. But I think every game he looks a little bit more immersed. Uh, and I just love that line. Um, I, I, that, that's, you know, if, if I was to make a change to Crosby line, I think it would definitely be with Brian Rust, mm-hmm. Adam, because I love that Malkin and the Swedes line and what it can, what it can do. Um, the elements of the game that you get in it. I mean, the, the Malkin line, no bones about it, was, was probably the Penguins' best line in Game 5. Uh, just the way that they controlled the game, the amount of shots that they put on net. Um, you know, they got, you know, Malkin obviously got burned defensively there and was on the ice for a couple goals, but I, I wouldn't, I, you know, I don't, I don't know any of them had anything to do with him. So um, moving forward, you know, assuming you, you get a repeat performance out of the Crosby line tonight, you know, the. You know, say disaster strikes at him and they can't generate good puck possession and you're looking back to Evgeny Malkin to carry them into this game seven. If Nick Backstrom can't play, uh, yikes, uh, obviously for Washington, uh, I imagine that he will play, but what would it look like if Backstrom did not wind up being in this game? Yeah, I I think he's going to. At the end of the day, so here's the thing. I think Barry Trotz did a really good job today of not disclosing what was going to take place through the line rushes that were taken in practice. Um, Everything, I think, from our perspective, was was hidden pretty well. Uh, I think Lars Eller would probably move up and take the spot between Stevenson and Oshie on that second line. Um, And then, you you know, from that point on, I think what the bottom six looks like from there is just the complete wild card. Uh, We didn't get a good good read today, I think, from practice in terms of who would be taking the line rushes to – to fill in that spot. So um, at the end of the day, I do think he will go in at him. And um, I think it might be a Phil Kessel situation where you find out whether, you know, uh, Nick Backstrom at, you know, 40, 50% is, is, you know, good enough to make an impact on your lineup. Hey, speaking of Phil Kessel, let's talk about Phil Kessel. He looked better to me in this last game than he had at any other point in the series. Still didn't love his game, but I guess the hope now is with another couple extra days to heal, 
Is he going to be that much better? Is it because he's getting healthier? Is it because of the criticism? Who knows? But uh, what are you expecting from Phil? Uh, I, I expect him to get more pucks on that. Adam, I thought he did a really good job in that regard in that game. Um, that, that was something I think that was missing from him, and it kind of looked like you know, he was deferring away from his shot. And I don't think that's something you, you ever want to see Phil Kessel do. And I think even if, even if he is hampered by injury, which, you know, again, we're speculating on that, but even if he is, uh, I think that it, it, if it's affecting your ability to come off that wall and fire pucks on net, that's a concern. And even if he can just do it at him at a 60%, like let's say he's operating at 60%, that I think Penguin fans can live with because uh, his shot's that deceiving and the release is still that, you know, um, uh, that, that violent uh, that I think that even if, if you know, you're shooting at 60, 50%, you're still getting pucks on net. You're still trying to deceive the goaltending with your release, and, and that's not a bad thing. So my takeaway from, from game five was, you know, just looking at how quickly he was able to get shots off, uh, a little bit more stern in his decision-making. I think if you can keep that up for tonight, um, he's going to be just fine. I think the worst-case scenario, the thing that would leave Penguins fans feeling the absolute worst, and I'll say this as Tom knocks on wood over there in the studio, is that the Penguins play really well, possess the puck, throw the puck at the net the way they did the other night, and Braden Holtby just stands on his head and is able to keep the puck out. This is more the regular season Braden Holtby, and really the playoff Braden Holtby that we have seen when he plays anybody else other than the Penguins. And I've said this a bunch. I don't think he's been terrible when he's played the Penguins in the past, but... Uh, he's doing what we need to see Matt Murray do for the Penguins to win these next two games. Yeah, they just got to keep trying to score the ugly ones too, Adam. I, I think that you look back at, at the chances that Olimata and, and Brian Dumoulin had towards the end of, of Game Five. There was golden opportunities there that uh, you know you give those guys, and even though those guys are defensemen, right? We're not relying on them to score. Uh, you, you give them those opportunities again, uh, you, you've got to feel pretty good about their chances. So, um, you know, no offense to Brayden Hopi, who has, as you said, has been absolutely phenomenal. I think the Penguins have bypassed a lot of golden opportunities. I think they've had trouble finishing from time to time. Uh, and I think that, that, that they, they sometimes seem to forget, Adam, that a lot of the ways they've beaten them in this series have been the ugliest goals sure. possible. Right? I, I, and that's what tonight's game is about for me. Um, you think back to, you know, in game seven last year, uh, Penguins Capitals and that some of those that Patrick Hornquist goal was just disgusting, right? So I think that you go for the same thing tonight. You make his life hard. You get to the tough areas of the ice. You swarm the crease and um, you know try to put yourself in a situation where you can get the ugly ones. And, and you know if he's going to be perfect everywhere else, sometimes a little luck has to go uh, your way to, to and those deflections and tip-ins in front to to beat him. And uh, the Penguins have shown they can do that. I think they just have to commit to to playing that way in the offensive zone. Last couple of things here for Jesse Marshall uh, of the Athletic. Is luck the biggest thing going against the Penguins in this series? Not 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 to be that guy and to complain, but I think bad luck had a lot to do with why Washington didn't win, uh, especially last year uh, when these two teams met up. Uh, both of these teams right now are clicking. Uh, I think a little bit above average in terms of you know what we refer to as PDO, Adam. Without going down a huge rabbit hole here. Uh, you know, shooting percentage and save percentage have a tendency to average themselves out, right, at, at any given point. Um, and we can track that through PDO, which is a sort of little stock market tracker for hockey. The Capitals have been a little bit luckier, quote-unquote, than the Penguins have this run, but the Penguins are still right there. Um, pucks are still bouncing the Penguins' way, according to the data. Uh, so I think both of these teams are, are kind of operating in a, in a situation right now where they've, they've probably gotten a little bit you know, a little bit more to the generous side as far as bounces go. But I don't think either team really has an advantage in that department. Uh, it's, it's kind of a wash as far as the data would tell us. 
I think, and this is something that people have said, that if the Capitals lose tonight, it just becomes the ultimate pressure cooker again in D.C. for Game 7 because it always seems to wind up that way. I think it would be very frustrating for the Capitals and certainly their fan base if after everything that they've done this series to take the lead, all that nonsense, that they would wind up being in the same place again uh, after all that. So, does the winner of tonight's game win the series, in your opinion? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I believe that. Um, I, I just think if if you look at the, even the narrative, I think, that's coming out of D.C. right now, uh, even before a game is played tonight where their team holds a three-games-to-two advantage, advantage, a lot of the pundits in D.C. tonight, Adam, are talking about uh, tonight's the officiating tonight's game hasn't even started yet. So to me, that's, that's pre-made excuse-making. Um, so if you want to get an idea of what pressure looks like, uh, at least as, it, as, as far as it comes to a team externally is concerned, start right there. Uh, I, I feel like the, the disaster uh, is laying in wait uh, for everyone in Washington. That's the way they act. That's the way they talk. Um, as the Penguins win this game, um, you might see another 2009 situation where they just come into Game 7 and just lay waste to Washington. Uh, I have a feeling that if the Penguins win this game tonight in any kind of convincing fashion, that's what we're in line for uh, moving into the end of the week. Great stuff, Jesse. Always appreciate the time, and hey, hopefully we're doing this for another couple weeks, huh? Yeah, sounds good. Take care, buddy. Thanks. Jesse Marshall, The Athletic. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. You guys. Nick Backstrom's not going to play tonight. Nice. Not playing? How much have I talked about luck over the course of this show? How much have I talked about luck in terms of the Stanley Cup playoffs as is? And you want to talk about luck here? The Penguins not having to play Nicholas Backstrom. Uh, Lars Eller moves up to second line center. Kuznetsov still the first line center. They don't have Tom Wilson. They don't have Nick Backstrom. They don't have Burakovsky. Rubbo Raggy! If the Penguins don't win tonight, now we might see some bad takes tomorrow. (laughs) If they had lost and the Capitals were at full strength, well then, okay, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Now you got to be playing for Game 7, right? I mean, you just have to. The Penguins' bottom six played very well, about as well as they could play, as well as they have played in the playoffs in the last game. Now you move their third-line center, who's a good third-line center, up to the second-line center, Washington's bottom six is a fart bomb. Gotta win. And I got a really good friend of mine who's a Washington Capitals fan who I guarantee you just broke something in his house. He's my college roommate who used to slam stuff around when the Orioles wouldn't win or when the Capitals wouldn't win. And now, no backstrom in a playoff game. A game six against the team that you never effing eliminate. Oh my god. Oh, they got to force a game seven. I really think they will. Up next, am I allowed to do hottest take of the day and other crap if I'm only allowed to talk about hockey? I think you are. Yeah. You'll allow it. We'll yeah. make an exception. Well, that's what's coming up. It's the Crowley Show. Jesse, my bubble How are you today? Washington's bottom six is a fart bomb. When it's time to party, we will party hard. You said they were dead. You said it's over. It's over for Nick Backstrom. He ain't playing tonight. And to quote 
a brilliant radio host, Connolly Boyd, Devontae Smith-Pelly, Walker, Beagle, and Chiasen is the bottom six. That bottom six is... The Caps are without three of their regular top six forwards. They have five rookies in the lineup. And two of them are making their playoff debut. So here's the deal. The Capitals win. They'll have earned it. They'll have earned it. I won't say anything bad about Washington until the next time I crack the microphone if they're able to win this game. And if they lose, I don't think they're shaming it. I honestly feel bad for Capitals fans. I really do right now. I really feel awful. You're on the verge of beating the team that's always in your way and you lose your second or third best player. Ouch. Here's the thing, though. You can't allow Washington get to get on the power play. You've got to dominate them five on five because they'll still have Ovechkin on the power play. And hello, that means something. Well, they miss one of the best passers in the game with Nick Baxter being out, but they can still make you pay. And the hope here is that the Penguins... Dominate them enough five on five that the power play is not going to matter. The team the Penguins are playing tonight's not a great hockey team. That's just a fact. You don't have Wilson, who's your right winger on your top line. You don't have Burakovsky, who's playing on your second line throughout the entire regular season. And now you don't have Backstrom, who is your second line center. The Penguins were good enough to win a game without Malkin and Haglin. Let's see if Washington's good enough. But this is a team the Penguins should beat tonight. They should! It's my expectation that they win this game. I don't want to do the hottest take of the day until after we've heard party hard, so let's just jack that shiz up, baby. We will always party hard, 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 hey! If they lose this game... Now I'd be a little irritated about his Penguins fit. Uh, unless Sidney Crosby's head explodes or Gideon Malkin's legs fall off, knocking on all wood that I find present. And I've got some wood between my legs because Backstrom's out. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> I just watched The Last Jedi for the first time. And just prior to that, I watched The Force Awakens for the second time. But it's been about a year and a half since I saw The Force Awakens. And, yo, spoiler alert, FYI. Good thing they killed Han off. Because that old man can't run. And he couldn't run. It wasn't believable at all. He's got stormtroopers running after him. He's running as fast as Tom would if me and Brian were on his shoulders. Not believable at all. Uh, he's got a blaster. He's got Chewie next to him, but... He couldn't run! Bad job, Star Wars franchise. Woo! Other crap. Pittsburgh had the fifth highest ratings for the Kentucky Derby on Saturday, and here's how I think it went all across Pittsburgh. Yo, honey, what time does the Penguins game start? Woo! Other crap. I'm saying it was an accident that people watched the Kentucky Derby. Woo! Other crap. Yadier Molina is out for a month after taking an 102 mile an hour pitch to the Nads. Whoa, that's nuts. 
Woo! Other crap. Is it John Ursay? It's uh, Jim Ursay. Oh, I always get the Harbaugh's confused. Woo! Other crap. Jim Ursay bought the initial Alcoholics Anonymous Bible for $2.4 million. Wow, he must have been drunk to spend that kind of money. Woo! <laughs> Other crap. The U.S. men's foil fencing team sweeps all five World Cups for the first perfect season. Foiled again. Woo! Other crap. It's a big victory no matter how you slice it. Woo! Other crap. I never really got the point of fencing. Woo! <laughs> Other crap. And Brian laughs hardest at the jokes that he writes. <laughs> Woo! Other crap. Johnny Cueto avoids <laughs> surgery and will be out six to eight weeks. I guess his doctors really dropped the ball. Woo! <laughs> Other crap. Didn't write that one. Woo! Other crap. It's been 694 days that the Penguins have been defending cup champs. Woo! Other crap. It's been 426 days since Pitt won a conference basketball game. Oh, my God. We're so close to hockey. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. I'm Third doing it quick. I'm doing it Third quick. Third star of the show. <laughs> And I think if you're a sports fan, if you're if you're removing yourself from the the parochial view, Game Seven is the most appetizing thing here. Um, given the history of the franchise, and given the recent history of the teams, seeing what the Penguins could do if they put Washington in that position again, seeing how Washington handled that, knowing that Tom Wilson would be back, I mean, to me, that's what we root for. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Jesse Marshall, is tonight's second star. The narrative, I think, that's coming out of D.C. right now, uh, even before a game is played tonight where their team holds a three games to two advantage, a lot of the pundits in D.C. tonight, Adam, are talking about uh, tonight's uh, officiating tonight's game hasn't even started yet. So to me, that's that's pre-made excuse making. Um, so if you want to get an idea of what pressure looks like, uh, at least as it, as as far as it comes to a team externally is concerned, start right there. First off. And the moment that you've all been waiting for. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, get ready. For today's first star of the show, Adam Crowley! Mike Sullivan doesn't have hubris. He'll make adjustments. He'll tune his boys up. They played differently in each elimination game than they did in the series prior to that point. When you go back to Tampa Bay, they switch things up schematically. Wound up winning the next two. Last year against Washington, they changed things up schematically in Game 7. And Mike Sullivan today admitted that they were watching some film. They usually don't do that 
late in series unless they're trailing. And when they do, they usually fix things. And when they fix things, they usually win. And when they win, they win enough to move on. Oh, boy, that's a terrible take by me. How the hell did that get the first star? <laughs> I mean, Doesn't God. have to be good. just has to be star-worthy. Who let the dogs out? Oh, those in Washington are already revving up the excuse machines like the Penguins didn't miss Haglin and Malkin earlier in the season. Get the hell out of here. You'll get no sympathy from us. Get the job done with the players you have. Uh, Penguins didn't play with their starting goalie two years ago. Or their backup to start the damn series. Uh, that's the reality in playoff hockey. Win the game. They're not going to win the game. Tomorrow we'll be talking about the Penguins heading to Washington for Game 7. Book it! It's a Crowley Show.